How does a professional football player turned banker guide others beyond the confusion and complexity of change that keeps so many people trapped in a cave of complacency? And how can you commit to continue to moving forward along your own journey of growth at your bank, at your credit, or at your fintech when the path to the future isn't 100% clear? Let's find out together on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Greetings and hello, I'm James Robert Lay, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Digital Growth Journey series, and joining me for a conversation today is Ryan Gonzalez. Ryan is a professional football player turned banker who is now the founder and CEO of Second Wind, the career discovery and transformation platform for athletes looking to unleash their second wind. And today, we're going to talk about how you can unlock human transformation at your bank, at your credit union, or at your fintech, so you can continue to maximize your future growth potential in the age of AI. Welcome to the show, Ryan. It is good to share time with you today, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this chat. Absolutely. And before we get talking about banking, innovation, transformation, whether that be personal transformation or professional transformation, a blend of both, what has been good for you personally or professionally? It is your pick to get started on the podcast. You know, I've, I'm an optimist and, you know, so many people have told me that I didn't realize that until maybe five or six years ago. And people said, yeah, I'm an optimist, you know, what is good. And I usually say, you know, waking up is great for me. I'm, I'm a morning person. And so for me, kicking off the day is is one of the best parts of the day, starting off. And life for me has been similar to that. I love what how I came into the world, love Leeds, love England, love sport. Everything was so good. Well, that's the thing. You know, when you look at, you know, mindset and perspective, optimism is, is critical, even in the context of banking and financial services. Frost Bank out of Texas did a study with the University of Texas, and what they found is that optimists are seven times more financially healthy than pessimists. And so what we bring into this will directly, I think, come back to us in one way, shape, form, or fashion. And I know you spent 20 years in banking, and we're gonna come back to that point in just a bit, but first, Mm. I wanna go back to what life was before that as a professional yeah. football player. And, and for those listening in the United States, that's soccer. Uh, so professional football <laughs> player being soccer. What was, what was that experience like for you going all the way back then? You know, it was, it was an amazing, it was an amazing experience for me. The reason it was so amazing is I, I started my career doing my dream. I was lucky enough, I left school at 16. So in, in the UK, when we get into football, into soccer, we, we kick off early. So at 16, I left school, which was a challenging enough decision in itself. Uh, so more for my parents than for me. For me, it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, but the beauty was I finished my exams on the Thursday and the following Monday, I was with the professional athletes. I was in the team. I was doing pre-season, so there was a lot of vomiting, uh, I'll admit, uh, as they flogged us hard. But that idea of waking up every day, getting out on the field, mixing with 
you know, mix, mix, generally mixing with other other guys, other men, um, and doing something I love, doing a great sport. Uh, it, it was it was such a, a wonderful experience for me. Well, if you think about that experience and you go back, what was the big lesson that you gained along that journey that you were able to apply as you transitioned from professional football or soccer into the banking world? You know, it's a, it's a great question. And it's one I look back at many times and I can pick these different things. But honestly, the, the biggest thing that I learned was, was the sense of team and the importance of my role within that team. And so since then, I, I've nearly always, all my analogies when people have worked with me over my years in banking, everything comes down to sport. And it's, it's always been, you know, you can't do it by yourself. You need this sense of team and what's your role within that team and how can you own that role in that cog? You have the strategy, you have that long goal, you you know break it down into into processes into steps and all of those things and then ultimately it comes down to and um, what's my role and how can i provide value to that team and keep it moving forward yes and it's the idea that we're a part of a much bigger story and a much bigger narrative and i liked how you frame that it's how can i add or how can i create value alongside others and i think even you know when we're looking at this world that we're living in now, the the potential to create or even co-create value becomes exponential because, mm-hmm. you know, you're down under, I'm in a different part of the world myself, and, and, and you entered into the banking world uh, in 2002. Yeah. And yeah. You, know, you come back to this idea of you had a lot of different roles in this journey. And, and when you think about that journey in banking, going back now, 20 years, what were some of the biggest transformations that you saw along the way on that journey? In, I, I guess as I listen to that, I think of it in two parts. One is what did I see as a change in maybe three, uh, the banking environment. And secondly, was the change in organizations that, that I worked in as part of that. I think if I start with what changed in banking and what did I learn there, the innovation or the transformation of digital without doubt was one of the biggest shifts in banking now the way i see it is the banks themselves were not necessarily the ones who were the innovators but what changed was the environments and the platforms that we sat on so the iphone or the the phone the mobile phone but you know it was essentially the iphone came out and that changed the way that people would access that you know staple banking service and you know suddenly it was like oh i want to go on on my phone i want to use the internet banking i want to use mobile banking these these things came these things came through what i saw internally then from the organizations i was part of was um right well we need to we need to react to that we need to change that we need to try and move our service that is essentially the same products of you know storing value delivering value, moving it around and provision of credit. And we need to move that into a completely new channel, a new environment. And I think 20, 25 years later, we're still, we're still struggling to, (laughs) to get onto that new channel, into that new environment. It's, it's interesting. You say that I've been working with a lot of executive teams and I've been taking their minds back 
1994, which was essentially when the internet reached the mass consciousness of humanity because uh, it was it was July 5th, 1994, that Bezos launched Amazon. It was May 18th, 1995, that Wells Fargo launched the very first online banking platform. And then it was in 2011, um, I forgot which bank it was, but it was over, I believe, in the UK that launched, it might have been Royal Bank of Scotland, I can't remember 100%, but launched the very first uh, true mobile banking platform on top of the iPhone. So back to your point, you're building upon the internet, then you're building upon the mobile device. I want to stay on the subject of transformation just a bit longer because you know, most recently you were head of strategy and transformation for Commonwealth Bank. Uh, and then you're also the head of, of CX transformation, digital experience uh, over at Westpac. When it comes to leading transformational initiatives, transformational strategies, dealing with people too. Um, mm -hmm. There's this whole human transformation that also has to coincide with digital transformation. The big challenges, what are they? The big challenges, the big roadblocks for those that are listening or those that are watching when it comes to human transformation that often holds not the technology back, but holds the people back from maximizing the technology. Yeah, I, listen, the two, two things, fear and uh, fear of failure. A lot of that is driven then by time in leadership and time in position. So from a people perspective, the bit I found most fascinating as I've um, you know, I've, as I've been able to work across different markets is the amount of time it takes for senior executives in the large banks to get to that position of authority. Mm. If I've spent 15 years, 20 years of my career trying to get to the top, once I'm at the top, if you're then telling me, okay, everything you learned to get here is no longer relevant, the branch, maybe even telephone, forget that you now need to go and do this new thing over there it's like well, well i've just i've learned this trade for 15 years i'm now earning the big bucks and you want me to make a shift to something else then maybe my journey is going to stop here and so what i have found from the people side of that transformation is whilst it has to start from the top there's often this level of fear from the senior executive circle community where they've been there a long time they've built this fiefdom is to let that go and accept that banking moving forward is in a different guise and a different structure and i've often found that has been the the biggest hurdle to overcome yeah you know you you talk about this struggle um when it comes to change when it comes to transformation uh, you were something that you were discussing a while back with a longtime friend of yours i think his name was tom um, and y'all worked together, um, and y'all were talking about imposter syndrome and mm -hmm. how you look back on your own imposter syndrome. You mentioned fear uh, while it, it rolls at uh, HSBC in Hong Kong. I, I'm curious because you're you're onto something here, and I see the same thing. It's almost like we have to let go to grow because the world is transforming at such a rapid pace. And you mentioned the environmental changes, you've got technology transformation, you've got consumer yeah. behavior transformation. How does one, and, and, and then it's like, well, how do I even keep up with that? Because I'm, yeah. I'm kind of busy running this thing that I don't have time to review what we've done, to learn, to think about how to do even better. How does one, and so we kind of fake it along the way, mm. but, but I'm glad you addressed this in this podcast, which is why I wanna come back and bring this up here. 
because someone who is watching or listening, they're like, that's me. I'm, I'm struggling with this imposter syndrome right now as we're entering into what I'm calling this age of AI. How does one break free from that to continue to that they can move forward along their journey of growth and not get stuck? Yeah. And again, great, great question. And, you know, boiling down to how do you tackle imposter syndrome into this banking context from or from this change concept, I think, in general, from for me, the way that I've tackled it is definitely through a sense of humility. And what I think is important is to try and understand what it is that or understand what it is that you are good at doing. Where is the value that what is the value that you can bring and then learn how to translate that into that new environment onto this new context so for me it's been very much a case of thinking well wherever i had past successes what is it that i've done in that particular situation and how can i then pick that up and move it into this new environment now as i said everything comes down to sport for me and it's one of those things that is this ability to learn or adaptive learning ability to learn quickly and building a confidence that well if i can do it in this play or in this position on the field when i start to recognize those same patterns in another play or another part of the field or another game it then gives me the confidence to be able to move forward it's a great point about confidence and i talked to leaders about this all the time i said confidence is your most important asset um confidence is contagious uh for particularly for those around yes. you too and and so and, and you've done this you, you talk about change and transformation and you've experienced this you've lived this you mm -hmm. went from professional football soccer player to working in banking in a, a number of roles over a course of a couple of decades but now you're writing a new chapter now you're letting go essentially of everything that you know to now write this new chapter but you're not letting go of what you know you're just taking forward with you what you need what the the the, the strengths if you will, as you mentioned, to then apply them now as a founder and CEO. Uh, you've, you've, you've moved into launching Second Wind, and Second Wind yeah. is, is what is a career discovery transition platform for athletes who are looking to unleash their Second Wind. Why, why make this change? Why make this transformation now? Because that is kind of the theme of today's conversation, because you've had to step out and write this new chapter here. Yeah, yes, I, I have. And it's, it's, not been, it's not been necessarily an easy path to make the decision, but the point of making a decision became effortless. The point of the decision became, this is, this is what I need to be doing now. And it continues to energize me. And so through my own lived experience or through my lived experience as a professional soccer player, moving into like you say into into banking as i look back at it it was it was almost a logical step it was a logical place for me to go as i left professional sports and for me i just did it i got on with it hard times you know found the good bits it was a chance meeting at a um, a master's tournament you know I've, I've said previously but at that chance meeting at a master's tournament really ignited for me this flame to go on better understand what was happening and that was meeting a, a former professional athlete who i admired as a as a player at the time and when i asked him you know it's been you know 10 15 years since we retired how how's it going and he told me it wasn't going good for him 
he, he his, his role wasn't good. He was driving the truck for his friend that he didn't enjoy, and he lived for these special moments as a player at, at Masters tournaments. And that got me curious. And I put on my investigative hat. The curiosity just took me through speaking to one person after another after another um, to ask how did they transition from their sporting career, from track, field, uh, pool, court, you know, field. It was really just getting an understanding of what did they go through. And the more I learned, the more I started to feel that I could do something about that change. And I felt given my experiences, perhaps I could do it differently. I could answer the question in a different way. And that's that's what really then inspired me, indeed energized me to uh, to make the leap and, and build Second Wind as a platform. This is why, as I think about this whole age of AI, humanity is so important here because Another key theme beyond the idea of change and transformation, the human transformation, it's also the human experience. We are experience makers, and your experience has been different than my experience, different than this peer or colleague's experience, but we're able to have conversations and then connect around those experiences to create new possibilities, new potential going forward. It's interesting to note that on the homepage of your website, you have a quote from Sports Illustrated, and it states, and I'm going to quote this, an amazing 78% of NFL players find themselves bankrupt or financially stressed within two years of retirement, and 60% of NBA players are broke within five years of walking off the court. Why is yeah. that? Beautiful question. Um, and that has been, I guess, trying to get to an answer towards that has been what has fueled me in, in this transition. There's no one silver bullet. There's no one thing that causes that financial and lifestyle disruption to elite athletes at the end of the game. One of the key reasons that happens is poor planning. Mm -hmm. And that poor planning comes down to asking those questions on, well, what is it that you want your life to be like after you finish this sporting career? And one of the reasons that question is, is well, if it's asked, the reason why it's very rarely answered is don't ruin my dream. I'm living in this moment right now. I'm one, I'm less than one. I'm point one in a million of individuals who are getting to experience this high of winning an Olympic gold medal of playing pro basketball, whatever. This, this, this is my moment. It might only last a year. It might last three. If I'm lucky, it's 10. But don't ruin it by asking me, what am I going to do at the end of my dream? And because of that, so many athletes don't, they don't get that plan. They don't get to think beyond living in exactly what they're doing right now. Yeah. And I think that's where you are speaking a lot of truth from your own personal experience, from your own personal growth, because you made the transition from professional athlete to two decades in banking to now seeing a completely new opportunity to help even more people through your shared experience at scale. It makes me think about um, a banker here in the United States that I just had on the podcast, Jill Castilla. Um, she runs, she's a CEO of Citizens Bank of uh, Edmond out of uh, Oklahoma. And they just launched a niche neo brand called Roger for military, the military community. 
because as a recruit herself, she came from a um, uh, impoverished background. And the only way for her to go to college was to go into the U.S. military. Well, she went to the U.S. military, but she was defrauded of income from a relative. So she took that that painful experience and then transformed that into the ability to provide power or opportunity for someone else. Thinking about your own journey of change and transformation, what's been a challenge that you've had to work through along the way to get from professional football player to working in banking to now founder and CEO? Yeah, that's an interesting way of asking the question. What's been the biggest challenge or struggle for me as I've gone through this journey? Um, you know, one of one of the one of my traits, as as many have told me, and, and probably um, annoys my wife to no end, is my sense of optimism that that I bring to uh, how I to what I bring to what I do, and I think so. I think therefore it's difficult for me to say what has has there been a continuous challenge or struggle that has has gone through that, um, mainly because I think with what I love doing. I'm comfortable finding a way. I'm comfortable recognizing that I will find how my role plays within this broader ecosystem and this broader team. So I think the the challenging bit for me at the moment is, or has been pushing when people don't want my help, right? So in banking, I remember certainly when I was global head of mortgage at HSBC and my role was essentially to um, was essentially to go and figure out how do we, why does why is HSBC in mortgages across all of these different countries? What's the thing that pulls it together, that ties it together? And I would go into markets, I would sit down and pull together round tables of, you know, uh, of our team of externals, which was something new at the time to, to do that. And I would say, hey, you know, I'm asking these questions to build things out. And they'd be like, well, we don't need that. We just sell mortgages. We just put the rate and we push it. And, and that's basically what we do. And that was really hard for me to deal with along this view of, but you're not solving the problem of the people you're trying to solve. You're limiting how, how far you can get. You'll probably get more success if we work together. And getting back on the plane or leaving that door, that, that's always been something difficult for me to deal with uh, because I'm not that a forceful player I'm team let's do this together if you do that bit well I can do this and we can we can all win so it's really challenging for me to to be in that situation and I face that today when I speak to not necessarily the athletes but certainly the clubs associations when they're like now we don't need help they're fine we we have this catch-all some of them will fall through uh, but we'll be okay and it's, yeah, but if we work together, we could probably do something even better. And, you know, so that's the challenge. You know, you're, you're hitting me right here in the heart. And I'll tell you why, because I feel that pain because I think about the work that I've been doing with financial services leaders. It's like, you see something, you see a potential opportunity or you see a roadblock, but the roadblock back to your, the point of your experience the roadblock is it's not an obstacle 
You know, this is stoic wisdom here. This is Marcus Aurelius. This is Ryan Holiday who wrote the book, The Obstacle is the Way. The Roadblock is the is the Way Forward. But then I'm struggling with this myself and I've had some conversations with my team and my wife of how do you help those who don't want to help themselves? Because it's, it's such a... It's a frustrating place to be because you you're coming at it with with a with a heart of you just care. Um, but I'll never forget that his name is David C. Baker, and he's advised me a couple of times over the years. Um, he wrote a great book, by the way, called "The Business of Expertise." But David said, a lot of times you're probably going to care more than what others care because you just see things different. So I think it's boils down to a matter of perspective. And if you think about, there are, there are four stages, if you will, four steps for what I call human transformation. And I'm, I'm writing about this in my second book, banking on change. Step number one is where you see things different and you see things different in a lot of ways. It could be experience. We'll just call it education, but education can be gained a lot of ways. Experience, it could be a podcast, it could be a video, it could be reading something, it could be a conversation, it could be attending a, a conference or an event, but you're always, if you're, if you're open, if you have an open mind, a growth mindset, you probably are going to go through life and see things differently than what you saw before. I mean, I, I'm seeing things differently even through this conversation. Um, and that's one of the reasons I just get such joy out of doing this because I'm learning as much as everyone else is. And when you see different, you're gonna think different. Um, and then I ask financial brand leaders, I say, okay, well, what happens next? When you see different, you think different, what's the next logical step? And they say, well, I'm gonna act different. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna do different. I'm like, no, you're not. They're like, well, how come? I was like, you know things that you need to do right now, different. But you're making either a conscious or more likely a subconscious choice, an unconscious choice to not take action. And they go, I've never thought about it that way. And so to bridge the gap between the thought and the action comes down to one thing. It's the feeling, it's emotion. The desire, the feeling, the emotion to take the action to do different or to be different has to be greater, sometimes exponentially greater than the desire of the action just to remain the same. And so as I think about the work that you've done and the work that you're now doing, with second wind curious how much how coaching plays into all of this to help people not just see or think different but to guide them through that journey so that they don't fall back on a previous mindset or state of being belief system because that was their past experience that they're now applying in the present moment but that's the hindrance to their future it's um I really like the process of the steps that you walk through there. I'm a I'm a process guy at heart, and I I love the way that you've you've broken that down. For me, coaching or indeed guidance, being the guide, guiding someone through that journey is one of the most important roles that I see in a transformation. And I know you've spoken about it before: the importance of being a guide, supporting the hero that sense of humility you know i say humility whereby it's this is not the me show right now this is about 
that individual, that company, that firm trying to meet their goals and doing this together or supporting them to do that is, is probably going to get a better result. And I think opening them up to that guidance, opening them up to that, that perspective, the, the, you know, that, um, brought either through experience through logic what what you know whatever that that stance is what that anchor is yeah. i think is one of the most important aspects in in driving that transformation driving people forward hmm. what's the best way to do that how 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 to unlock that human potential how to unlock that human transformation what's the opportunities here yeah, the, the the approach that I take, the approach that I'm bringing right now is empathy, and I did it. I do it in in the team I was with at, at Westpac. We, you know, it's one of the largest banks in largest and oldest banks in Australia. Is through empathy mapping. Is is sitting down and and speaking with customers, speaking with individuals customers or not, I shouldn't even say that, but just speaking with the, the types of people that who we think we can help, who we think we can support and asking them what they're doing, mm. get an understanding of their life, get an understanding of what they're trying to do and what some of their broader struggles are. And then it's a case of understanding, well, this is where I can play. Can I do it by myself? Do I need partners, strategic partners or others, or is this something that I do and I deliver? And, that that for me is the starting place because otherwise you, you just you're assuming you're making these assumptions and as you move down that transformation or move down that path of change that will fall out at some point it'll be oh that bit's wrong because i assumed that's what you wanted and that's where the conversation is so critical because the conversation through the dialogue the discussion the discourse that's what provides clarity that's what yes. leads to the human transformation. That's been the whole key to our discussion here today that has kind of been unpacked naturally. I, I always like to send one who is watching or listening off with something that they can do that's practical on their own journey of growth. Um, and we, because it's been around change and transformation, the human experience, if you will, what would be the one small step that they could take next on their own journey of growth as a financial brand leader, whether that be personal growth or professional growth, or perhaps even a blend of both so that they could do one thing, which is to navigate the complexities of change with courage, but also to connect this back before more specifically with confidence. Sure thing. Um, I use Google maps as my analogy uh, a lot. And that comes down to getting clarity in your destination. So if you can f understand where it is that you want to go, finding that clarity, then there are often many routes to get there. And you can then make that decision as to whether you take the toll road, the country road, the scenic route, whatever that might be. So the one thing I'd say is getting the clarity as to who it is that you are trying to serve, who's yeah. the people, understand what their problem is, that for me, it starts there. And that starts with a conversation. And that's why I'm appreciative of the work that you're doing at Second Wind, because you've got the clarity of the people that you are wanting to help, that you are wanting to guide. And through the conversations that you're having and will continue to have, you'll gain further clarity. But I think even more so, you will begin to help provide 
these athletes with clarity to guide them forward on their own journeys of growth. You mind if I, I share something with you that might be helpful for you on your journey, but also for those who are watching and listening to specifically gain clarity into the future state? I would love for you to do that. So this is something that I learned from actually Dan Sullivan and strategic coach. Um, I've taken some of his thinking and I've applied it through what I call the coffee and cocktail conversation. And the conversation goes like this. Imagine that you and I we're having coffee or cocktails, Ryan, and it's, it's a year from now. The most important part of this question is what are we drinking? Is it coffee? Is it cocktails? Or is it something else like water or tea? What are we drinking a year from now? It's going to be a tea. It's going to be a tea. Okay. <laughs> I'll have an Earl Grey. I'll have an Earl Grey. My wife, my, I, my wife drinks a lot of Earl Grey. She's Lebanese. So the Lebanese drink a lot of tea. So I'll have an Earl Grey. And uh, so you and I will be sitting down. We'll have our tea. What I want you to do is I want you to leap ahead and it's 12 months from now and I want you to, to, to grab your tea and I want you to take a sip of it. I want you to taste it. And as you're tasting it, I want you to think about in your mind, like you're living it right now, everything that has transpired for you between now and then, what has happened. So leap ahead in your mind, take a sip of your tea and look back to today and just tell me what's happened for you to make you feel good about whatever it is that you've done on your journey of growth. And obviously I'm going to step out of this for a second. Contextual framing is here. So sometimes I'll frame this. Well, what has to happen between now until then for you to feel good about your, the, the progress you're making along your digital growth journey. So there's, there's clarity into how I'm framing this, but I use this coffee or cocktail question and I, and I leap ahead to the future state and have someone literally live it. And that's where like yeah. taking a sip because it's activating you know, pieces of the mind to make it even that much more real with taste, with, in the case of tea, with the heat of the tea. So the descriptive piece of this could be very, very powerful. And once they download that, then the follow-up is, okay, I want to, I want to bring you back to the present moment. I love the future that you just shared with me. I have a lot of clarity about this. Sounds like you have a lot of clarity as well, but what are the roadblocks that stand in the way? right now that you can at least perceive that would prevent you from moving forward and making progress towards these goals, this goal for growth that you've shared with me, download that. And whenever I've done this piece of the exercise, it adds additional layers of clarity into the things that could prevent progress that they might not even be aware of. But back to the point of our conversation, the roadblock, the obstacle now becomes the way. Because then the third part of this is, okay, now that you have clarity on the roadblocks, what are the opportunities to overcome those roadblocks to begin to move forward and make progress towards the future goals? That's where the real growth begins to happen. And so this is all framed around with one kind of macro question. It's how do you want to grow? Goals, roadblocks, opportunities. So Ryan, this has been a fantastic conversation and I'm grateful for the work that you're doing, that you've done. The experiences that you've had, the work that you're doing with, with Second Wind, I'm excited about the future that you're creating. What's the best way for someone who is listening to reach out, connect with you, and just say hello and maybe perhaps even continue the conversation we started here today? Awesome. Thank you. I, I've enjoyed the conversation. People want to reach out. You can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably a, one of the, the a great channels to connect to me on, and that's Ryan Gonsalves. 
connect with Ryan, learn with Ryan, grow with Ryan. Ryan, thank you so very much for joining me for another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Thanks for having me, James. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and be the light.